said, until everything is good, then, then what, it, it kind of life keeps going on because uh, Jesus, he, he spoke about uh, the, the future of our world, talked about the future of, uh, of us as individuals, and, and so sometimes things don't quite work the way that we expect them to, but you know what? God is still sovereign and God is still in control. So that is good stuff. Let me take you back to October 1st. The year was 1864. In the fading twilight, Union General Stephen Burbridge, he stared anxiously at the, the, low, the, the low range of hills that were out in the distant sur uh, surrounding the different uh, atmosphere, the, the rugged countryside of southwestern Virginia. Uh, now, tomorrow, Sunday, he would send 5,000 soldiers into battle at stake. Well, a little area known as Saltville, Virginia. This seemingly insignificant real estate was actually, in fact, really strategic. Why? Because Saltville, as the name implies, was the biggest Confederate source of salt. Men would fight, men would die. Why? To determine whether Saltville would fall into the northern hands or remain in the southern hands. You see, salt was so important back then, uh, just as it is to us, maybe in different ways. And salt certainly was a big deal when Jesus was in his worldly, earthly ministry. And so here's what happened. On Sunday morning, fierce fighting would take place. The Confederate army able to hold off the Union attackers. Uh, now, two months later, however, the Union soldiers would uh, essentially kind of cut off any uh, supply lines, and so the salt wasn't able to be distributed to the southern soldiers. The two battles at Saltville turned out to be two of the bloodiest battles in the entire Civil War, and they were fought over, of all things, salt. Salt, a precious commodity about which General Sherman once said, salt is contraband. Without salt, armies could never be sustained. What does he mean by that? Because Jesus talks about salt as well. Uh, you see, before the days of refrigeration, salt was necessary as a preservative of food. Uh, soldiers need food. Salt was used in the manufacturing of a lot of critical things. Maybe we wouldn't think about that today. But, for example, salt was used in the production of dye for the soldiers' clothing. The manufacturing of shoes, believe it or not, had to use salt. In fact, when the salt mines were kind of cut off to uh, the Confederate soldiers, many of the shoes that the soldiers had to wear were wooden shoes because the other kind just couldn't be manufactured without salt. So, so salt is a big deal. Just kind of take my word for it. Why? We're going to look at that in a matter of moments. And so salt is the subject of the teaching that Jesus provides. We're going to look at that this morning. Uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Listen to the words of Jesus talking to his disciples and then folks who were kind of on the outside of his followers, people who would, would follow Jesus to hear his teachings, to hear his preachings, and to witness his miracles. Listen to what Jesus tells him. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Well, this morning, friends, we are in week three of a four-week series entitled Side by Side, in which we're focusing on missions and ministries and how God has equipped you and me and empowered you and me and enabled you and me to be in service with one another, with the movement and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, to make a difference, a real and a tangible 
eternal difference in the lives of those around us. You can see the big serving side-by-side banner. For those of you who were here last week, you know, at the end of our service, the end of our time together, we invited folks to come up and, and maybe sign your name or, or write the name of your family or, or maybe a mission that you were excited about or something you wanted to support or maybe learn more about. And so you can see all the signatures. It's hard because they were written with silver pen, uh, but they're all over this as, as we came together to, to recognize the fact that God wants to use us. That God is calling us, challenging us, equipping us to be in service. How valuable is salt? Well, salt has been referred to as white gold. It was a necessity. In 1930, Gandhi, he led a march to the sea as a protest against what? against British taxes on salt, of all things. The British were uh, kind of forcing the people in India uh, to to purchase a lot of super expensive British salt, even though they could find the the same thing in their own nation for a lot less money. It's been said that more wars have been fought over salt than gold. In ancient Greece, a far-flung trade involved the exchange of salt for slaves. And from there we get the expression, one is not worth his weight in salt. In ancient Rome, for example, salt was used as currency. It was used as payment. Our word salary comes from the word salt. The word salad originated with the word salt because the Romans would eat their leafy greens and vegetables with salt. So when Jesus talks about salt, that's a pretty big deal. And people in that culture, people in that day and age, they notice that. And in the passage we read from Matthew, Jesus says that his followers, you and me, to be into that equation, are the salts of the earth. Now, Jesus didn't go into a lot of detail as to what salt of the earth means, but the truth is he didn't have to. He didn't have to provide an in-depth analysis of salt because the people then, the audience, his original audience, they would know what he's talking about. They were well aware of the necessity and of the importance of salt. And so comparing salt to the Christ-following journey, it would have caused some ears to perk up. What do the two have in common, people may wonder. Well, the most obvious general characteristic of salt is that it's dramatically different from the vessel in which it finds itself. You, you, bake, you know, pour salt on, on food because the salt adds flavor to the food. Maybe it's a preservative to the food. And so salt back then was really used for three different things. And it's important to know these because as Jesus was, uh, was teaching and preaching, he would use, again, salt of the earth. And what did that mean? The people had to fully understand why salt was important, why salt was valuable, before they could realize that, hey, my life is valuable as well because I am a follower of Jesus. So salt was used for three things. We're going to look at those ever so quickly and then figure out what this has to do with your life and with my life here and now. Salt, three basic functions to purify, to preserve, and oddly enough, to give flavor. Okay, that's what salt is for, and that's what your life and my life is for, as we'll look at in a matter of moments. So, uh, number one, we know that that salt purifies. In the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, for example, we read that uh, during that day and age when a baby was born, they would wash the baby with salt. It was a way to disinfect and to clean the tiny infant. The verb purify means to remove or take away harmful contaminants to make something pure, to withdraw something that isn't healthy. How how are we called to live lives that purify? How do you live a life that, that purifies? What does that mean? 
What sort of contaminants do, do you and I face every day? What are the kind of things we're trying to extract or withdraw from our lives or from our culture or from our world? Because they aren't things of God. They aren't things that are healthy. To the contrary, they're things that are dangerous or toxic. What are those contaminants that you and I face? Maybe, maybe bitterness. Maybe we carry that around, and, and that certainly isn't pure. What about unforgiveness or hatred, racism, hypocrisy? Gossip? We could probably go on and on all day. Are you and am I deliberate about living out a role as salt? Or do we simply go along with our culture? Are we doing what we can to purify, to remove those harmful things from our words, our actions, our reactions, our, our homes, our families, our work lives, our school, our, our neighbors, our friends? How are we deliberate about removing those things that aren't right, that aren't good, that aren't from God? Followers of Jesus, we're, we're called to be different, not only in biblical times, but here and now with you and me today. Salt is an antiseptic, okay? It's something that can bring about cleansing, okay? Something that can bring about a drastic difference than how things were before the salt was used. And one way that you and I are called to live lives that purify is through our local service. We talk about living as the hands and feet of Jesus into a hurting world, into a hurting community, maybe in a hurting relationship or a hurting home. And at Chapel Roswell, we provide a myriad of opportunities to help and to work side by side with others to make a bold and a tangible and an eternal difference. Let me, let me mention a couple of these because these are going to be really important because we're going to uh, kind of have you guys respond to this stuff a little bit later in our time together, okay? A couple things. We support the Drake House. The Drake House provides short-term crisis housing and education and empowerment programs for homeless mothers and their children. Family Promise, we talked about that before. It's a network of interfaith organizations working together to bring about an end to homelessness in our community. It brings different faiths together to help our families regain housing and independence and dignity during a time of need. Foster Care Support Foundation, that's something we support here at Chapel Roswell. It provides clothing and infant equipment and developmental toys to thousands and thousands of children who are in foster care. During biblical times, as I mentioned, salt was used as a common form of food preservative. Salt came to represent power because, again, you had to have salt in order to do something major. For example, armies couldn't battle. They couldn't go off to war if they didn't have salt to keep their food safe and edible. Okay, Explorers couldn't go to the other ends of the world if they didn't have food, and therefore they couldn't have food without the salt. Salt would have been packed around maybe fish or, or meat to keep it from spoiling. And the natural consequence of meat or of fish without the salt was the fact that pretty quickly it would rot. It decays. As followers of Jesus, we must preserve the worth and the value of those around us. We're called to live lives that preserve things that are godly things or that are good things or that are right. And salt represents the ways in which God preserves us when we go through tough times or maybe difficult days. Our natural tendency, if you're anything like me, is 
to often give in to the ways of the world, to give in to our own desires or temptations or ambitions. But Jesus here is telling his disciples and telling you and me today that our lives should stand out, that we should be fighting against those things that bring about decay and rot to our culture. That means that we allow the, the power and the presence of Jesus to permeate against that decay and rotting that we may find in our lives, in our homes, in our relationships, in our workplaces, in our schools, our communities, and our world. How is your life bringing about preservation to those who might be struggling, to those who might be hurting? How is your life bringing about preservation? How do your words or, or your actions preserve relationships instead of hurting them? How does my marriage preserve my wife's honor and integrity instead of simply heaping words of hurt and attitudes of indifference? How does my role as a father or, or your role as a, a grandparent or a neighbor or a worker or a teacher preserve the, the ways in which God wants kids to to see God in a loving light, to, to recognize the fact that God, that God is, is for us and not against him. Salt was used to preserve food, as I said, to, to save food. In fact, the word salvation comes from the root word for salt because you have to have salt in order to, to save the, the, the food before it rots, before it decays, and that came to represent the fact that Jesus comes into our lives uh, to remove, to wash away, to take away those things that are toxic, that contaminate, that rot or decay the lives that God wants us to live. Remember earlier I mentioned three different ministry and mission partners here at Chapel Roswell. Let me throw out a couple more. Homestretch, it's a ministry that helps homeless families find safe and affordable, comfortable places to live while they address the, the root causes of poverty to help them return to lives of self-reliance and stability. A powerful mission. Street Grace, this faith-based ministry, it mobilizes faith and business and community leaders to end human trafficking in Georgia. It's a huge problem. Some of you may have known that, some of you may not, but a huge problem in Atlanta and certainly even, believe it or not, in North Fulton. But Street Grace is making a tangible difference here and now. Finally, salt does what? It adds flavor. Salt gives flavor, it turns something bland into to something delicious, something seemingly ordinary, not very good, into something that could be described or defined as a masterpiece. We, we are called to influence our culture instead of our culture influencing us. Jesus is telling his followers, his disciples, telling you and me that we are to live lives as salt, people of purity, people who are preserving godly and good things, and people who add flavor, something special something different, something revolutionary, something radical to this world. Jesus is, is building upon this concept when he refers to his followers as, again, salt of the earth. You, you are a follower of mine, Jesus says. May you live lives that bring flavor, that adds elements of powerful and present stuff from God into the lives of people whom you encounter. And for those who are believers, Jesus says, you need to live salt so that those who aren't yet believers okay, can come to recognize the godly love that Jesus has for each and every one of us. For those who aren't believers, God says, I want you to love them. I want you to treat them with the dignity and the sacred worth that they have because I, God, created them lovingly and in the example of God. 
keep these local missions and ministries in mind again because we're going to come back to them in just a few moments as God calls us, calls you, calls me to live lives that bring salt to this world. When salt is poured out, it's referred to as being shaken. You shake a, a salt shaker. Sometimes I need to be shaken a bit. Maybe, maybe you don't have that issue. Maybe it's just a Joe thing. But, but God can shake me in a variety of ways, maybe opening up ways to, to expand beyond my comfort zone, to, to take me someplace that alone I never would want to go, or to meet people I never would want to meet, or to do things that I never on my own, in my own flesh and strength, would ever want to do. We take you to Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and verse 6. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Okay, keep that word in mind. Seasoned with salt. So grace uh, being acknowledged with that word salt. Salt and grace together. That's powerful stuff. So that you may know how to answer everyone. Uh, there's a, word, a world that, that is dark and it's hurting and it's scary and it's alone. And, and God is calling us to, to reach people at the point of their deepest need. Uh, to leave our comfort zone. To be salt in a world that desperately needs it. Paul is telling us that, that our interaction with others... Okay, especially non-Christians, which is what he's talking about here in this example. It's an opportunity to show them the truth of God, and we do that through living lives of salt. Our conversation, it says, are to be seasoned with salt. That is the truth of God. Everybody knows this. We're in an election year, and there's so much division and hostility, painful words, and toxic reaction and instead of doing the same, we're called to live lives in which we are the salt of the earth. I pray that we can focus on our similarities, the, the grace with which the Bible calls us to live and speak and act and react. Can we live lives that truly are okay, being salt of the earth? Or do we simply fall into the same rhetoric and harmful nature that the rest of our world may fall victim to? May we be salt, salted, that purifies the narrative around, in this case, our politics, for example. Every interaction that we have with those around us is an opportunity to show people the love that God has for them. You and I love them because God loves us, because God loves them. Now, let me show you a picture. Who can give me the title of this? What is it? The Last Supper, this famous painting, Leonardo da Vinci finished this painting in the year 1498. It was a portrayal of the disciples having that final Passover meal with Jesus. Jesus has told them that one of them is going to betray them, and they have this look of consternation, like, no, it's, it's not going to be me. Well, take a close-up look at Judas. He would betray Jesus. Notice the money bag. He was the treasurer for the group, but he would sell out Jesus for some money. It's hard to see, but you can see a little salt shaker up there. It's being spilled out in front of Judas. See, salt is used for something good, and if it's not, then it's being wasted. Salt is used to show something that's powerful and not something that's weak. And so it just doesn't have any purpose, any, any use, if we don't use it in those type of ways. 
In just a few moments, I'll invite you to stand as we, we sing our closing song. And I'm going to invite you guys to, to come up here. You've got those seven different ministries that I mentioned to you. And I'm going to invite you to, to come and, and take one of these scoopers of salt. And you can kind of dip it into the salt again to recognize, to represent the fact that you and I are the salt of the earth and, and simply go uh, to one of these buckets uh, that represents one of these ministries. And, and I invite you just to, to pour the salt in there. Uh, maybe as a, a tangible reminder to yourself to, to pray for these ministries. Maybe you feel led to support financially one of these ministries. Maybe you want to get involved with one of these missions or ministries. So we're going to do that in just a matter of moments. How are you living out a life that truly is of salt? Salt, or, uh, salt, rather, it's either pure or it's not. It's either useful or it's not. It's good or it's not. Real salt, though, brings about a difference. Is our culture more impacted by you or are you more impacted by our culture? May we live lives that are under the control and guidance, the leadership of Jesus Christ. Friends, may your life bring about purity in a world where there's so many toxic and hurtful and hateful things. Friends, may your life bring about preservation, preserving the ways in which love is constantly being demonstrated, I hope, to people who desperately need to know God's love. Friends, may your lives bring about flavor, standing tall for something that is radically different from the way the rest of our culture, the wet rest of the world, will live their lives. May we live a life that, that points to Jesus, that Jesus loves you guys because Jesus loves me and Jesus says he loves you so much so that he wants me to love those, even if I don't understand or agree or like that's what Jesus is calling us to do. It's radical, but that's what salt is. It's something that is different, unique from everything else. Friends, may you and I, may we live out that call or that challenge to live lives that really do make a difference. Live a life that makes a difference with, with salt, something valuable, something that preserves, adds flavor, something that, that purifies. How are you doing that? How am I doing that? What is that call or that challenge that God is issuing to you and me this morning? Friends, will you pray with me? Most gracious and loving God, we, we thank you, Lord, for leading us to this place this morning. May your word bring about change, uh, bring about action. And God, what would our lives look like if we live lives that truly are the salt of the earth? Father God, may we live lives that are different, not only different from our culture, but different from the ways in which we lived before we made that decision to follow Jesus. Lord, we've mentioned several of our mission and ministry partners here at Chapel Roswell and place within us a desire to make a tangible, even an eternal difference in our world, in our community, in our relationships, in our homes. May we be the salt of the earth in all that we do, in all that we hope to be, and in all of the ways in which you are at work in our lives. We love you, Father God, and we thank you for first loving us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.